This is the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the host. A little bit of a different tone, um, as many of you are probably aware who are listening. Our, the world, our country, our industry is going through a very, very difficult time um, as we struggle with the impact of COVID-19 on our businesses, our lives, and of course the livelihoods of all of those who work for us, um, and, and I guess in our case, in the airports, day in, day out. Uh, I was not yet in this industry when 9-11 occurred, nor was it there when the industry began its recovery. But like that tragedy, this crisis, I believe, is going to yield some very important learnings. Uh, we'll be learning about ourselves, our industry, our businesses, and I believe we're going to come out on the other side stronger, smarter, and more united. And of course, this is a really hot transition, but perhaps this podcast can provide a little bit of a break for you from every tweet, news bulletin, or Facebook post about what's actually going on, or at least hopefully you get a break for just the next 30 minutes or so. So this is episode 84, and I'm honored to speak with Maury Russell of Concessions International. This was actually a really fun interview, and it was conducted at the Airport Experience Conference in Denver. Um, I have not done many legacy businesses, but this is the latest, and if you where Maury's late grandfather, uh, Mr. Herman J. Russell, was a titan in many industries, and I'm going to include a link to a wonderful documentary on his life that you really should watch. Um, I watched it myself. It was great. Um, it's going to be in the bio of this episode. Definitely make it some time to see it. Uh, anyway, Concessions International is one of the many companies that he started, and it's now run by his daughter, Donata, and of course, Maury, that next generation, is involved. I uh, truly enjoyed hearing about legacy businesses like CI, because I still you know, believe that there's the, you get this personal connection. It's just different. Um, this, aside from getting to know more about Maury, well, was what made the episode special for me. And also, this is for CJ. So here is my conversation with Maury Russell. I'm here with Maury Russell, the Business Development Manager for Concessions International in the wonderful podcast studio sponsored by Taste and the Fly. Maury, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. How are you liking the conference so far? I'm loving it. Uh, great connections, great relationships, and the sessions that I've attended have been awesome. So I'm glad How many to be steps here. have you gotten, by the way? I don't have know. Tracking? Yeah, I have not tracked on my watch, but... I had to change to flats yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good indication, yeah. though, right? that you're changing back to flats. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, of course, is we got to know each other. I would love to always uh, put in some new fresh faces that are coming into the space. And we don't, unfortunately, get a lot of them or many of them, right? So love wanted to always sit down with you and talk and have you on the podcast. So... Uh, for those listening, just if you can just provide a little bit about your background. Sure. Yes. So um, thank you for having me, Ramon. And a little bit of my background is that I currently work with my family's company at Concessions International. Um, I My grandfather started our family business 60 years ago in concessions 40 years ago. So as I was in high school growing up, I always worked for our family's company in the summertime. I never worked for concessions, but I was always working at um, one of our apartment complexes or at the office, just helping him do whatever he needed me to do. And so from high school, I went to college. I started off at an HBCU my freshman year in Savannah, and then I transferred to St. Thomas University in Miami studying business. And while I was in high school, I, my first experience in the airport was off 
at, at the coffee beanery in the Miami airport um, with one of our partners. It was actually one of our ACDB partners. I knew nothing about the concessions industry. I just knew that I had a job at a coffee shop. <laughs> so that was kind of the start. And then in college, I also started an accessory and fashion jewelry boutique. And so I was doing that, uh, working for stores, selling my products outside the store, just loving getting into that entrepreneurship spirit. I was going to say that. So I just, again, just from your description there and knowing a little bit about your family, that runs deep in the DNA. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I I mean, I was getting the most joy. Now, one thing, I, I wasn't really running it as a business. It was more like a hobby. Okay. So, um, which can always turn into a business. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was, I was always just breaking even. I never made enough money to pay myself, but I was in college studying. So eventually I decided that I wanted to work in an airport space, um, because I wanted my product to be in the airport. So I remember calling my aunt Danita, who is our CEO of Concessions International and telling her, um, you know, I want to work with duty free, um, really try to see how I can get my products in the airport. And so she made a call and I got a job with duty free Americas in the Miami airport. So I started doing that. I worked for them for about a year and then I transferred to the Atlanta airport because at that time I was thinking, okay, I'm ready to be back around family and I know I can have my job in the Atlanta airport, which is one of the benefits of working sometimes for an airport group. And, um, Went back to Atlanta, um, was working for Duty Free. I was also attending meetings every Friday with my family at our Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center in Atlanta that we've been building up. And so being around my family and just hearing about even that Innovation Entrepreneurship Center, it made me interested to get involved in our family's company in the airport. See, I, I like that. I'm going to veer off. For yeah, a for bit. sure. And, and I'm glad because that's one of the things that came up when you and I have spoken over, over the uh, years, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, you have entrepreneurship in your DNA, a long lineage there. And now you're paying it forward by creating this, I guess, a foundation of sorts to mm-hmm. help foster yep. innovation and entrepreneurship uh, amongst the coming up uh, generation. Exactly. Right? That must be exciting, that, because you probably so picture yourself in them exactly. now, right? Yeah, no, I, I actually, what we're create, creating in Atlanta, the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship Center, is something I personally still need to this day. I still need guidance, even, sure. you know, going through our company and learning, you know, from the people I work with and my aunt, I still sometimes need an incubation to go through. So um, it's just a need really for our community and minor- our, our focus is really women and minorities and really creating a platform um, for the future of entrepreneurs and innovators. So yeah, I mean, it's a blessing and a joy to be a part of. So let me ask you, and again, I'm going to take another detour. Yeah. But I will bring, bring us back to center. I, I For promise. For sure. That, no. I promise. And um, one of the things that uh, we had spoken about or texted back and forth on is there was a great documentary on your grandfather. Yes. That was so much, and I think you owe me a link to the I episode. Do, do I you do. not? Yes. I will send that to you. And <laughs> before we finish up, yes, do not let me walk away without sending it to you. But what's it like to actually, now you've lived it, you probably heard it, you've experienced it, but what's it like to see it? on screen or, or in through someone else's eyes, I guess. I, I mean, it was amazing. It was emotional. And it's always like, yes, you know, it's my family, I know. But 
to hear other people talk about Different it. Different perspective. Yeah. And even even here at the conference, there's been a lot of people who have walked up to me like, hey, I saw the documentary. It's, you well, know, I so, haven't seen the documentary. I just want to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ramon. I, I know oh. I owed it to you. But I mean, it's just, it's an honor. That's what it feels like. It feels like gratitude and honor and something we have to continue to push forward. So I'm going to jump down to talking about legacy businesses because okay. there aren't that many left out there. And I think I honestly three or four off the top of my head. Yeah. And um, going back to what you're saying and, you know, carrying on because you are one of in the lineage of folks in this industry for your family. You know, how important is it to um, and not just from an experience standpoint, there's just a viewpoint knowing that they're. Um, that if for some folks that this is there's a way to maintain continuity and a familiar face or familiar faces but with a name that has so much recognition um, and respect tied to it yeah well first and foremost I feel honored I feel blessed and I feel responsible for making sure others can see what my grandfather has done for my parents my aunt and myself so That's first and foremost. Um, And just to be working, being a third generation working in a family's company is just so rare, especially for people who look like me. So um, not a lot of women of color. Exactly. And then, you know, even legacy so important that I'm actually sitting here right now with my aunt, who is our CEO, my dad's sister. And I mean, that she, she, I told her I was going to do the podcast and she's like, well, do you want me to come and be of support of you? And I'm like, yeah, actually, you know, it'd be good for us to do it together. And she's like, no, no, I just want to be support. So, I mean, that alone to me speaks volumes on our legacy and, you know, her just wanting to be there and support me. And I mean, honestly, as I go through this conference and majority of the people that I meet that are ACDBEs, um, they're second generation. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, yes, you have some first generation, but a lot of second generation. And I think that it's just important for us to support one another is that's what how we keep the legacy going, because, you know, it's not just our family. It's other families that are sure. out there doing it. And it's a lack of those who have graduated from the program. So, you know, we need to make sure that we're being supportive of creating opportunities for more ACDBE so that we can help set away as, as you know, I feel like we've done some, you think of some companies that started with us and they've been able to grow and graduate from the program and sustain started as a JV. Now they're subtenant. So, I mean, just continue to lead the way forward and, being able to join forces to make it happen. So I'm going to go to, you know, thoughts of the industry, some of the challenges. I know there are many out there for small and minority owned businesses. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess related to that would be a lot of the mergers and acquisitions that have come over. Gosh, you, you've seen now, plenty now in just in the yeah. few years that you've exactly. been in this space, right? So for me, it's, again, I'm sitting up in the crow's nest. I can look down. I'm not necessarily affected, but it does concern me when um, there are Fewer companies, I honestly, from when I came in here 15 years ago. Yeah. So I guess the the I guess the value of having a legacy business, a familiar business, in there and helping minority-owned uh, businesses continue to grow. I think there's a, tr- my own opinion, tremendous value to it because then there's variety, there's competition, and from that you get the best of whatever it is, yeah. right? And I mean, do you see that as um, 
some of the challenges within the industry currently, or is it something else? Yeah, well, I do see it as a challenge. Now, I, I am new compared to a lot in this business. I mean, in June, we'll make three years, but I've seen, like, I didn't know that, you know, two years ago that that was, you know, it was a problem with, you know, small businesses not being able to compete or staying in this industry. And I think that's where you're seeing more acquisitions. I mean, even for ourselves, you know, I've been able to have conversations and see, hey, you know, 20 years ago, we were paying half or even a quarter of the rent that we pay today. Um, you know, the royalties are going up. So I, I'm, I'm starting to see as I'm looking and understanding P&Ls and our EBITDA that, it's not as easy to make money. You know, you'll look and you'll say, okay, it's a $20 million deal, but I might only be making 10% on that. So it sometimes I think it looks a lot sweeter than what it is. So just trying to understand that. And I really think it goes back to, you know, why it's important to support other small, small business, small or medium. I think we're looked at as really like a small, medium size. You have the large, which I think you have maybe you have, three we of know who them. They are. Yeah, yeah we you know have them. the medium, which are, you know, maybe 200 million more than us. And then you have kind of the small, medium and then the ACDDs. So, Absolutely. I mean, I think that we just, it's, it's about us joining forces, right? Yeah. So awesome. that we can get to the next level. It, it, I don't think there are many. I think you still see some of those tiers, but there are fewer within each tier, right? And I just this is my personal comment. I've said it. Um, so last November or the last couple of Novembers on the podcast, I've always interviewed small minority-owned businesses um, just to just talk about their struggles and their rises in the space, correct? And I guess one of the questions I was asked or in this, that came up in discussion was about the acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And for me... It's something that you said about looking at the P&Ls and looking at how difficult this is. Um, I can, if we just take a step back and look at the, um, just business as a whole, yeah. outside of the airport industry, right? You, your family has many uh, businesses outside of airports. Yeah. I can see just how difficult it is to do business on the street side. But then you elevate and you compound that, uh, you know, uh, restriction and pain and whatever um, and difficulty in complexity in airports, that is airports, yeah. it's even that much harder. So I think uh, in some ways, um, I know a lot of folks will want to put the M&A at the feet of the primes. Okay, maybe. Um, but I think it's just doing business in general, which, you know, not just competing, but just do operating a business, uh, you know, just every day. I look at um, Mr. Daniels, you know, three years ago, I believe, you know, he, he sold his, uh, his units uh, to HMS House, et cetera. So I think it's, it's I guess we as an industry, I guess I'm trying to make a comment. Yeah, no, and That we as an industry, uh, whether it's the Primes, AMAC, ACI, AXN, uh, airports, especially, you know, looking at the plight of a lot of businesses and trying to make this, um, make it not easy. No one wants to make it easy and everyone can do it, but at least making it fair and balanced yeah. so that um, everyone is successful. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you're saying, what does that look like to me? Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I, you know, it's fine. I'm sorry. That was a really bad state. I was making a statement. I was <laughs> it like, was not this, a is bad why, statement. this is why I would like your votes. And no, this is, it was like a, it was just more of a comment because yeah. it's something that you said triggered that mm-hmm. in terms of, wow, it really is more expensive. I'm paying a thousand dollars per square foot. Hopefully, you know, it's yeah. not 1500 square foot for, exactly. for, um, retail store. 
and pay this much for labor. And hopefully the employments are really going to be there and it's going to continue to grow. Exactly. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is um, going back to the legacy businesses and small minority owned businesses, there's just a confluence of things that have to come together in order to kind of like, again, make everything work. Because if there is good, healthy competition, then the airports and let's say the travelers, consumers, do benefit from that. Yep, yep, I mean, no. I'm sure you see that now in the, in the time that you've been here. Yep, I have. Completely, completely agree. So are there any other challenges besides that? I, I just got yeah. stepped off my soapbox, by the way. But are there any other challenges that you see? Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think the, the main challenge is it's just getting more difficult to you know, hit the margins just based off of the cost of rent and labor and, you know, Rather you're a prime or you're an ACDBE, all of us are feeling it. But just being a small business, a private family-owned company, we feel it even harder. So do you find that um, you have to be a lot more judicious in the, the contracts and the opportunities that you yes. go after? Because look, yes. it's if you were a billion-dollar company, you could say, you know, I'm going to go after that, yeah. that, 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 and just mm-hmm. to plant a flag, I can carry a loss leader. But you... It's, you have no, to be a lot very more much so. And I've been able to learn that so much. I'm so grateful for just being able to be a part of a team that we're not going after any and every opportunity that comes our way. We really have to go over go after opportunities that make financial sense for our company. So there's there's been tons of opportunities even this year alone that we've had to pass on because we're like, you know, we're going to lose our shirt doing that deal. No, and, and it's often hard to uh, re- recover from. Exactly. Uh, when when you do that, and there's again, you don't have the luxury of just just planting a flag and exactly. saying we are here, and exactly. etc. So, in the time that we've known each other, uh, obviously I've seen your rise and involvement more within the industry, obviously in AMAC, mm-hmm. um, etc. But really, just talk to that and what has fueled that? Is it? I could easily probably just prompt you and say it must be for the love of the business and the industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really, I mean, that is it, right? Um, And it just, it's just really the journey that honestly God has put me on. So, I mean, starting off from when I reached out to my aunt telling her I wanted to work for the company, I wanted to work in operations. And, you know, I ended up being in business development, which I'm so grateful for, because to be honest with you, I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I didn't even really know what business development was before working for concessions. Um, And so from there, you know, I've been able to be guided by great people like my aunt. You know, I work with Kirk, uh, CJ, uh, Charles Johnson, as you all know and love. I I mean, I've just had so much great people that I've worked around in the past two and a half years and, you know, going to the conferences and really just being around people who encouraged me to run for the position. And um, I just went for it. Something inside of me just told me to Run, yeah, run for the AMAC Airport Minority Advisory Council. Um, so I did that almost two years ago in June. And joining the AMAC, I just, I was head in. I didn't want to be a board member that was just. In name only. Yeah. You wanted to be involved I wanted to be active. active. Yeah. And so I took on another job at AMAC <laughs> and I, I love it. Um, and so from there, you know, I co chair the membership committee, I also co chair the Emerging Leaders um, group, which 
which we're yes. so excited. And thank you all for um, having the spread featuring. on us. Yeah, featuring us. And um, now I'm actually co-chairing the AMAC 2020 conference in Atlanta, Georgia, June 23rd through the 26th. So we hope to see everybody there. Um, so it's it's just taking on what an opportunity that's in front of me. So this is this is a ministry, basically, right? It's, it's yeah. a mission yeah. um, to carry forward uh, the role uh, of, um, of small minority-owned businesses. Exactly. And I just got to ask you, though, is, is there extra, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say pressure because that seems like too much. Like responsibility. Is there, do you feel like there's extra responsibility to be a model? Because I do hold mm-hmm. CI as a model that yeah. others should follow. So do you feel that you or maybe uh, the rest of the company feel an extra pressure to be that model that others should follow? Yeah, I mean, pressure is a tough responsibility. word. Yeah, res- responsibility. But yes, for sure. I definitely feel like we have the responsibility to, I do feel like I have the responsibility to meet young girls like myself and help guide them women and men that are in the industry and are not like I just like to share the knowledge of this wonderful industry that I've just stumbled across because my family was in the business so I mean that's very important and then I think also with AMAC I do like doing for the better good uh, because even with our company we have a CI cares you know our concessions international cares and I've really been helping to lead that for the past two, really three years. And AMAT and CI Cares have been the most rewarding things I've done, you know, so far really in my life. So I'm excited. That's great. It's great. I want to have a little fun for a second. For sure. There has to have been in your three plus years now with CI uh, a really great learning moment. Yeah. Could be a fun one, but you know, they're all moments of learning. Yeah. There's got to be one that you could do. Well, I mean, I think every day is a moment of learning. And I would say, you know, there, gosh, this is a tough one, Ramon. <laughs> I'm just trying to see which. Um, well, the first one that comes to mind. I mean, I think the first that comes to mind is just listening, you know, not because I, I came in and I thought that I knew more than I did. And just being able to sit back and listen. And Danada, I even think about, you know, a meeting I was in probably two and a two two years ago. And I had just asked a question in the meeting and my aunt's like, you know, we'll just kind of listen. Sometimes people aren't really saying exactly what they're saying, you know, and so just being able to read between the lines is more of what I try to do more, you know, versus always having something to say, just listen. Taking a step back. Yeah, taking a a step back and understanding everything that's influencing Mm -hmm. it before you make an opinion or any of that. Is it, 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 do you, do you, are you attracted to like, listen, so, putting an RFP together or putting mm-hmm. a proposal or even looking at the financials of pursuing an opportunity. Yeah. There's so many things to consider. You're really like taking things from many baskets and coming to a conclusion if it's a go or no go situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that kind of excite you in some way? Does that play to your It does excite me. Um, it excites me. I mean, that's always a team. You know, we always, sure. and, and I think that's another benefit of being a small private company is we're so nimble, right? It's so, really- everybody has a a touch in what we're doing and the RFPs, the competition is what excites me. 
right? So I get excited about the competition. I get excited about dope brands. I get excited about awesome partners. And I get excited about looking to win. Of course, of course. So, Maureen, my last question for you. Would love for you to put on your cap, look forward, or look into your crystal ball. You know, the future as you see it. And you can really say as it applies to CI, to the industry, or maybe both. Yeah, no, no. I see um, the future of CI, us growing in a smart way, as we said, going after the right opportunities, growing where we're currently at. Um, I see the future... um, It makes me so excited in AMAC with the Emerging Leaders Committee because I see the future as that generation, the next generation. I think you have a I think you have about 75 percent of more of an older legacy and maybe 20, 10 percent is going to be the millennials. So I see a lot changing with the future millennials rising in this industry Um, and you know, creating more opportunities for minorities where we're not just the disadvantaged, we become more of the majority and are really advantaged. You know, we become more of a prize than, oh, we have to do. Well, Maury, this has been great, and thanks for taking the time to speak Thank with you me. so much, Ramon. It's been great. Let's have a great conference.